Hey there, everybody. Welcome in to episode 40. That's right. Our podcast is old enough to have a midlife crisis. Hell yeah. <laughs> Fused relativity is, is, is halfway. Well, life-wise. Anyway. Halfway to death is what you see. You kind of, yeah, you, kind of, you took us in a dark place, and let's recover. John, jump in. I was gonna say, yeah, let, let's let's not go with that. That's that's a little too. I would think we would have a little bit more steam than to end after eighty episodes. But hey, uh, I mean, look personally, <laughs> I I, uh, I didn't think that one all the way through before <laughs> I said it. All right. Well, uh, Friday night as usual. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight, Tommy Castro? Oh, Tommy Castro's doing great. That is, uh, I picked that name because that was the name of the blues guitar slinger that I saw at the Oriental Theater last night. So I'm, I'm stoked on concerts. I saw something I've never seen before, and you, you guys haven't seen a lot of concerts, but the bass player broke a string. That never happens. Those are the, they're the size of phone, phone wires. Those bass cords, they're huge. And he snapped. He had to, but the best part, like he literally had to go, hold on. Every, my bass player uh, needs to go get his new bass. So he, the bass player had to go to the bus to go get his new bass. And while he did that, they played a different song. They rolled with it. They were pros. It was the, and, and the guy, the, the, the bass player actually had a good joke. He came back and he goes, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Just, you know, just run back to run to the bus and get your bass and then run back in high altitude. No problem. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm like, <laughs> that that's a good Colorado joke because if anybody has not from here and then dry like and if you go trot anywhere, it in the first you're hurting. It's not work. You're 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 not getting enough oxygen that you're used to. Yeah, especially if you're from sea level or, you know, anywhere that's not here. Right, but it, it was cool too because at Anox, the 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 dryness and stuff like that. He the singer, he was like, "Man, my throat, my ha I'm having problems." And like he had the bass player like sing, but like once again, a pro doing it for thirty years, like he figured it out. Like you could see him like after he'd sing a line, he'd kind of like turn away from the mic and like cough. You could see him struggling, but the show must go on, and he still killed it. He did two sets, you know, play for like a two and a half hours, and it was just fun to be. I mean, there could have been more than 150 people in here. By the way, if you ever want to feel like a whippersnapper, go to a blues show. Because I'm 42, and I was the young Turk. A lot of just a lot of old couples, but uh, <laughs> I, it was a it was a blast nonetheless. And actually, he's playing in Colorado Springs tonight. So after the podcast, go and see if you can catch his last set. I don't know where he's <laughs> playing, but find him. Just just listen. It's real. If you, where you hear soul music and and blues, feeling good, that's where he'll be. I'm still impressed that a bass player broke his string. That's yeah. I've never seen. I've I've gone to I've I mean well over a hundred concerts by far, and I've never seen that. It's like it's a testament to him because he didn't even bring a backup bass. Because who thought he actually said the guy go the Tommy goes we don't it never happens. So we didn't even have one on stage. <laughs> they had to they had, they, were, they had to run to the bus. It was just, it was hilarious. Even even the uh, the bass string gave up in this altitude. Yeah, altitude. It 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 screws the people weird. It hits them. It hits them odd sometimes. I don't know. But you guys were born here, so you used to you freaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to agree so fast. Yes, we are freaks. We're you know. Yeah, but what's what's intriguing, Kirk, is that we're technically closer to the sun, and John is the most pale person in the world. So that's true. In the high altitude, that people don't get it. They're like, "Oh, it's cooler up here. I'm not going to get sunburnt." And like, no, you're closer, and you don't notice it. Nothing. All right, John, yeah. how are you doing? How are you doing this week? Did you go see a killer blue show? No. no. Then I win. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm. I, I normally take. A short nap on Friday. I didn't tonight because I'm on call all weekend, which sucks. So, like, if if someone calls out, you have to sub for him. Uh, if if it gets too busy, then I have to go in. So you're backup. You're like, in the yeah. Bullpen. Oh, that's I didn't know that they put you on call. That kind of sucks. Well, and that's the, the the killer part. Well, killer part. Uh. Most of this year, I haven't been on call because someone has been taking my call. 
Uh, that stopped a month ago, and uh, or I should say, the person that was taking my call left. So they're like, "Oh yeah, you have to take call." And so I did. If you have a female coworker and and when she's on call, do they call her a call girl? Hey yo, okay. No. no. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we'll still have the the other streams like the space engineers and everything tomorrow. It's just that yeah, during the day I have to and will potentially have to go to work on Saturday and Sunday. I feel like if they were to call you tonight, you would just call them back and be like, "Look, I'm in a podcast." I'll be there when I get there. I have Hell. millions of people responsible for their entertainment. I can't look. I can bring more joy. <laughs> Laughter is the best medicine. So we do the podcast and then I'll come into work later. Right. Yes. All five years. <laughs> we thank you all for joining us on this podcast. For 40. You guys have hung in there. The other, the rest of them will be here. They're just fashionably late. Don't worry. Right. You you sat through episode seven, which I apologize for profusely. Said, no, I don't. <laughs> well, with that being said, what are we talking? Okay, intro over into the meat and the potato. What's the meat and the potatoes? What are we talking about? Well, uh, initially, what I wanted to talk about was the fact that. Uh, SpaceX might be going bankrupt. That's what, what, a lie. What? Well, not a lie, but... A fib. <laughs> when John... This, this well, is, this is a... coming from the richest person on the planet. It's just a way for him to, like, avoid taxes. Somebody's <laughs> going to declare bankruptcy. And, like, he's like, oh, now you're getting no taxes. Damn it! Uh, I think so... From what I could tell, the whole point of the story was that over the long holiday weekend, Musk emailed the employees to let them know that they needed to get back to work because apparently there's a problem with the Raptor engines right now. And he said, this needs to get fixed. Otherwise, we could go bankrupt. Again, then, said the richest man on the planet. Well, and he did clarify his statement by saying something along the lines of, we're not going bankrupt right now, and it's not necessarily going to happen, but it technically, could. Technically, it's possible. Like, in 800 million years, I could run out of money. It could happen. This, just seems, this seems dumb. Yeah, it, it's a bit on the weird side. Well, and on like the guys who become billionaires, there's a screw loose. There is something not normal about the way their brain functions and the way they interact with other humanoids. You know what I mean? So just the way this guy communicates with the world is just so it's just like the odd whims of this guy sending an email whenever. It's kind of like grain of salt. You got to take it with a grain of salt because this guy is like I said, just his brain is different. Interjection, John. I got it. Um, Don't worry. You got it. Okay. All right. Just double checking. Oh, we have some space yeah. hackers or some spammers. Yeah. Flim flammers, hucksters. People that really love spam. We can't have that <laughs> on our. If you like spam, stop listening now. We'll wait. Oh, man. All right. What? We'll see you, Kirk. You like. Sp oh, of course you like spam. <laughs> of course that's he does. You put it under your arms as de your de if you use deodorant, that's what you would use. You'd smear spam under your pits, and that would smell better. Sad. <laughs> I know you're tired and you're defenseless, so I should let up. But okay, that's, that's the that's the you know what? That's my prompt. That's the last smell joke on Chris's expense because he's tired. He's just worked hard, so I I'm I am exhausted, but I will persevere, Kirk. Good, just like that. Uh, is that the space whirly bird, the Mars whirly bird, the perseverance? Damn it! <laughs> I retained some knowledge. It's close. It's, I retained ballpark knowledge. That's what I, I'm good at. Sorry, I call the the rover ingenuity all the time. Now ingenuity is the helicopter. All right. So which one's perseverance? Is there? Did I make that up? Or is that no? Not perse a... Perseverance is the rover. Oh, the okay. Eh. Yeah, see? Close, you, close, close enough. After 40 episodes, you started picking some things up. 
Yeah. Here or there, I've retained some knowledge. So anyway, John, um, I don't foresee SpaceX going bankrupt, but I thought it was kind of a funny story when I read it. I thought, well, and that's just it. It's if he really wanted to, all you would have to do is shell or like or sell X amount of shares again, and he would have enough money to fund Starship for you know another ten years. Right, my my ca- my company's cash flow. Where can I get it? Huh. I so, know. yeah, the the reason he's saying it's going to be bankruptcy. This is my take on it, and it, it might be the wrong take, but it was because if they cannot get the Starlinks launched with the Starship, which can carry a lot more of them, they will have issues funding the rest of Star uh, Starship. So it, is, I guess, is the point he's trying to make like this problem could like ruin the company? So like let's fix it. Is it is that essentially what he's saying? I think he's trying to fast track Starship. Well, like without Star without Starship, we're we're going in the hole. Well, they're they're basing everything off Starlink, which is the satellite internet, and. Falcon 9 just doesn't have the capacity to get the... I'm assuming it's a heavier version of Starlink or an updated version or something to that effect. But that's... They need Starship to carry those up to space in a larger number. Like, one Starship can carry, like, two to four hundred of them. And Falcon 9's limited to 60. Can we call him Jimmy Dean's spicy... <laughs> sausage satellite link because I think we got it we got a corporate tie-in that was going to help a lot of people and it makes you think about sausage which who doesn't love that I, I, yeah I'm just I, I think it would be interesting if, if that were the case though I'm flipping it onto a, a hypothetical it's like SpaceX goes under what happens then they won't. That's here's the reason why. Right now, they are the only human-rated launch uh, company in the U.S. Like they may have to stop the Starship, but Falcon is and should be completely fully funded. Well, uh, is isn't China? Doesn't China just landed? So like they have a program as well. Well, and... China's had a program forever. It's just that uh, it's not something the U.S. is likely to cooperate on. Probably not. They don't want to only... collaborate. They don't want to collaborate with the like. So the the space programs aren't sharing information they're kind of working everybody's kind of working separately well i mean look at china look at the chinese space station they launched it they were like yeah it's going to be ours you know no cooperation uh we're not we're, so i think we're not allowing other people on our space station this is just china's uh, space station that i don't know about uh, they may well, be allowing i think they they are talking about partnering with russia yeah but russia needs a different out or orbit for it to work for them is the orbit the chinese satellite in does not work with their launch site because it seemed like countries had been sharing space more nicely because like there was a netflix uh documentary about like from uh, like beautiful things from the the space station and like it was people from all the other different like several different countries on the space station living and it seemed like it was like hey we're scientists we love space it doesn't matter where we're from so well, it seemed like that was sort of more, I don't know, hippy dippy or more, you know, uh, more pleasant in space. I mean, if you look at it from a grand perspective, the ISS is kind of like the uh, the white flag between U.S. and Russia. It was like, hey, let's build something in space because we spent, you know, 40 years fighting about it. Let's cooperate and make a space station so it's like look you're we're capitalists you're communism we're not martians uh, whatever let's get out we're look we're human beings 
they're capitalists. Well, uh, and as far as I could tell from most of the stories I've heard from astronauts up there at the space station is they all get together, you know, they, they get along while they're up there and, you know, they do their thing and, and everything is peachy on the space station. But with China trying to create their own space station now, I think the story was that they were trying to partner with Russia for that. Oh, that's too bad because well, it seems like we were just talking about uh, our um, people, the way people get over phobias or fears or like hatreds of other like is interactions, like whether it's, you know, forced military or forced schooling or blah, when you actually go, oh, I hate those people. And you, you meet somebody like, oh, well, Larry's good. Larry's a good guy. You know what I mean? So it, it seems like that's, I don't know, that is inspirational for society as opposed to isolating that seems like it's going in the wrong direction thoughts oh i mean yes it's definitely a way you can look at it and i think that's like i said that's that's kind of why we had that peace between us and russia before it collapsed um and then you know the iss was kind of the the hey let's work together and build something in nice in space that we can both benefit or you know the whole world can benefit Right. Can I throw out a dog show analogy? Try to go with me. It'll tie in. Like the in the more inbred a dog is, the more like this dog only interacts with the same type of dog. At a certain point, they develop these weird diseases, and they're they're dumb. It's like the the royal family. They're just idiots. They <laughs> but it's like mutts. The mutt dog you had was the the one that lasted forever and was super smart because it if you mix it around, it you end up being better, more intelligent, like a dog. Well, yeah, look at all the pure breeds and how bad they suffer now because they're, you know, being bred just for, you know, competition. Right. So the whole like white power thing, like, well, it's a bad argument. Look at the, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's, I I think it's the same thing. Am I crazy? No. Well, because you think about it, if, if we are to colonize Mars, it's not just going to be one Americans that are going to go up there. It's going to be everybody. No, I, I no, no. I I agree. I was just trying to think of a a way to come back to that because, yes, that's absolutely what we need. We need unification, and going to Mars, I think, is going to be the bigger unifying thing because, you know, SpaceX is sitting here and saying they're going to be able to. They want to send all of these starships to Mars to colonize it. It's going to take a lot more than one private company to do that. John, is the one of the allures of space is the thought of in space we everybody could basically pull the row in the same set like we're all working together because we're we're in space but on Earth we like we need some sort of huge task to unite the like the good and humanity to work together because we can't get it together here. No, I think I think the allure of going to Mars is that the fear is we're going to ruin this planet and we need another one to. Habitat. No, it's, 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 it's like not, an escape hatch. That's to, what you... <laughs> we have, but that that in and of itself is that that's a tricky subject to talk to to anything well, about it, as right, well. Here is it easier to travel all the way to Mars and recolonize than to 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 pollute a little less here and try to fix what we've done? I mean, is it that bad? It, it's not just that. It's also longevity. Like, can we stay and fix Earth? Absolutely. We can start fixing Earth right now. Not, not, it wouldn't do anything. We, we're already. Well, we could, but uh, we're not gonna. Well, we are. That's the thing is, is every day, you know, more and more actions are being taken and it's, it's slowly making, you know, somewhat of a difference. The thing is, is, okay, we've, we've saved, you know, We've deflected climate change, the planet's healing, and then we get hit by an asteroid. And everyone dies. Well, can't that happen on Mars, too? I mean, Mars isn't asteroid-proof, is it? But if you have, if we are interplanetary, or multiplanetary, I should say, if we are multiplanetary, humans will ha survive. There is a greater chance of humans surviving the more in different planets we're on. That's That's... I think the the theory that a lot of people that want the colonization, okay. like hypothetically, okay, so 
all of a sudden, hey, everybody, in three weeks, there's an asteroid that's going to hit us. I mean, how many realistic people could we get? I mean, uh, I mean, I, we couldn't even None. get a, a million people off. Or, I mean, well, or, you know. The thing is, Kirk, is they're they're looking towards the future and saying, as John would put it, we're going to find the heat death of the universe. Right, so John is... and his death of yes, the death of Earth. <laughs> right, that's your ta- you have that tattooed right on your it might be. <laughs> so there's what they're trying to do is plan for that. So if if it were to just if if we had two planets instead of one, and Earth gets hit by a giant asteroid, you still have the other planet, which means the human race doesn't completely cease to exist. And right. asteroids, yeah. even the largest asteroid, yes, it would cause tremendous damage to Earth and probably kill everything only for a couple, you know, maybe a decade or two. So you're saying we could, after we let it settle down, then we could go back yeah. and go go live on Earth again. Uh, it, that's the thing, is like, if you have multiple, colon, you know, multiple places where you're living and one of them gets destroyed... You, you can still populate. The the only way the Earth will ever become inhabitable is if it is blown up. And okay. is... If that's the case, most planets like will just be bombarded with chunks of Earth, so nowhere is safe. It seems like it's just a way for the uh, super rich to go, oh, what did you... Where did you summer? I summered on Mars. Ooh. Yeah, but... That's that is a, terrible, a possibility. That's a terrible plane. It's cold up there. Well, and the thing is, is even if we got, like, hypothetically, even if we got Earth or Mars terraformed and we had it colonized and there were people living there, the back and forth travel between Earth and Mars would be detrimental in and of itself because it's seven months, or, you know, between four to seven months in high radiation, high you know, loneliness. You're you're crammed in a metal tube for seven months. To be, I don't think. To be honest, the long the people working from home or working in cubicles. I really, honestly think people will not have that t- hard of a time adjusting. Yeah, but how many, that is. They, but, if I be immobile and stare at a screen, I could do that. But well, it's ha- it's different when you're forced when you're living in a rocket ship metal tube and you're forced to not have anything you know there's at least when you're at home you have options when you're in a starship but how many of those people that are living at home by themselves doing work have pets you know companionship isn't just human human like a lot of introverts have pets have dogs have cats have something to you know be and they're with. not going to be allowed on the. They're not. So your cat and your dog won't go to space with you. Could you imagine a dog or a cat trying to yeah. live in zero G? I've seen the Come videos. On, it's it's you, hilarious. How many, how many YouTube videos? Yeah, it would crush it. You know, dog, <laughs> dog, dog in space can't can't get keeps flipping and going in circles like billion well, views. Well, you can look at the cats that have been on like the vomit comet. They've already done this. They've put animals on the vomit yep. comet. Yep. Did they he just shot... launch a bunch of? Did he just launch a bunch of hairballs? <laughs> just hairballs? No, just them flipping around in space trying to orientate themselves. It, it was, yeah. Well, they don't have the same recognition that we do, so they wouldn't understand that there's all of a sudden no gravity. It would be, you know, I'm yeah. sure eventually they could figure it out, but you know, it's going to take a while. Really? You think at a certain point a feline will go, all right, I got the grasp. I'm grasping zero gravity. I understand what's going on. I think they could. I mean, you know, <laughs> animals are pretty adaptable. You know what? That is a great point. I want a live stream, like a, a 24-7 live stream of the first uh, cattle to go the from ca- Earth to Mars. Cattle? Like cat moo cow? <laughs> yes. Like the mothership. Yeah, I honestly, I, you know, we we're talking about this. I don't think it'll ever happen because what will likely happen is we'll perfect, um, like the, uh, what is it, like the vat-grown meats or the, you know, any of the the meat replacement 
things that are being done right now, and they'll just take that to Mars. So there, there likely won't be livestock. So the fake meat, the like meat pr- produced by a three D printer, we're not essentially. We're not ta- yeah, we're not taking livestock and cows. I mean, they might at some point, and that would be hilarious. But I don't think their bells would work in zero gravity. <laughs> would a bell make it? I mean, just a right? bunch of just a bunch of cows floating around. I mean, how much would it really change their life? Really. <laughs> We could power the spaceship just with them. Methane. <laughs> you and your methane. Can we have one conversation where we don't bring up methane? Seaweed. There seaweed. was a there was a study done that uh, feeding cows seaweed actually reduces the methane. Well, I heard like seaweed, like it sucks some of the. It's like plants absorb the stuff we put in. So, yeah, and if the cow ate it. And then well, it's like, when a cow eats that, it's like you eating asparagus. Their pee smells terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and they've been going, uh, talking about John looking into the Mars, you know, habitizing Mars and and going into interplanetary mode. Uh, I guess they're looking at the Proxima or Alpha, the Centauri See- region. Yeah, and I still can't find because um, you were saying it was Proxima B. I couldn't find anything new on Proxima B. Well, uh, Proxima B is—they just said that it's the most. Uh, if a planet in that system was going to be like Earth, that would be the one that they suspect is the closest cousin. I Earth guess you should would be, call it. We should be besties. Is that what you're saying? We'd be BFFs. Yeah. So Alpha, Centar- Alpha Centauri is con- it's been a, a eyeball of most scientists because it's intriguing on its relativity to Earth. And so theoretically Proxima B would be the closest representation of what we have here on earth that could potentially have life on it have we detected fast food restaurants yet that's the big <laughs> important question that's we, we know if it has that then it can be like earth it's uh it's pretty far away i don't they can't really see it yet okay so I, we're, not I getting did, coup- we're not getting coupons yet i okay. thought i read an article where they were sending the once there was some mission to study the uh the exoplanets. Yeah, the mission is called, I think it's called Telemar. If I remember correctly, something of that nature. And it's essentially they're trying to get a better look at it to see if it has an atmosphere, to see if it would actually be a habitable planet. Oh. The, only, the, only problem, no, the only problem is it's like uh, with current technology, it would take sixty three hundred years to get there. I was just about to ask that because if so, if if Mars takes months, this takes how long it would it take to get there? It's four and a half light years. So, so sixty three sixty three hundred human years, Kirk. Wow, longer than humans have been writing shit down. Hmm. Yeah. So you would uh, you could embark on that trip. And you would go through many generations before someone actually reached that, which is still a good idea, like the generational ships that John spoke of, where that one are... groups, you know, they set out on a travel fully knowing that they're never going to make it to their destination. So basically, you could be born on a spaceship, spend your whole life on that spaceship and still not get to where we're like, just you would just live and die on a spaceship. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the the Jetsons made it look good, but that sounds depressing. I, that sounds a, I mean, because not for nothing, when you look outside to space, it's dark and bleak, and it's got to be depressing. It's got to be worse than Seattle. <laughs> well, that's hence why they also want to do studies on mental uh, effects of being in space. Like, the trip to Mars is only six months, let's say. Well, they don't know if 
humans can handle the mental it capacity of that. Just take one person to kill everyone. That that's well, that's everywhere. I mean, well, you can be well, like you can be hacked apart by a homicidal maniac right here on Earth. It could happen. Yeah, but if you have a ship that has ten to a hundred thousand people on it, probably closer to like twenty, thirty thousand, I think. Um, you know, one person in control that decides, yeah, we're all just going to go to sleep now and turns off the oxygen. You know, what are they going to do? Opens a door. I just, I love how your guys' first, you both go to instantly, how is everyone going to die? That's your (laughs) brain. That's where both of your brains go to instantly, which leads me to questions about, like, I think it's, are you... That would be you guys. You would just snap and just oh. kill everybody. No. Re- I feel well, like... you say, well, no, any murderer is going to say that. Nobody. <laughs> yes, you got me. I'm a murderer. <laughs> I, I feel like the biggest, the biggest problem, Kirk, is that. Uh, you don't, you don't trust. Okay, go ahead. Well, it's not. Well, yes. I mean, <laughs> I, I've said it before, but the being stuck in a tube, like, You've told us a story before about being on a 14-hour flight or something going, was it New Zealand? Uh, yeah, yep, 14 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sucks, doesn't it? Right. It, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't great. It was a lot of time to, a lot of time to kill. So but now it, it happened. It was, worth, it was totally worth it. It was fun. You're, you're jet-lagged and exhausted, but it was, it was worth it for 14 hours. But now imagine doing that for six months. Or 60 years. Or 60 years, yeah. I just, yeah, I can't imagine. There's nothing you could do to mentally prepare that. I mean, even if you know it going in 60 years, you can't wrap your head around that. That's so, uh, I can't even imagine. Other than, like, if you allow people to shop online and just, you know, if they can buy stuff on Amazon and just make the delivery guy go crazy. Like, you're flying to space. I can't get it to you in three days. Other than that, I really think the way people get on computers, I I don't see it that far off. I mean, I really think if you, it's idiocracy. If you feed them, if you give them, if they're entertained, if there's stuff to do, I think people will be fine with it because they're, they're isolating already. And it's, I think honest, it's not like they planned or anything, but it's like, how far off is it living alone, working at home, not interacting with many human beings to being on, you know, it seems similar. Well, it seems like a skip hop, skip and a jump. Yeah, but the, I think the gravity of it all, see what I did there, uh, is, is it's different when you're confined to a tube flying. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of claustroph- well, Like getting an MRI. I've heard people say, I can, I'm, like, I'm supposed to get an MRI. I, I won't. I know it's, it's, it's good for my health. I'm not getting in that tube because I'll freak out. So that's, that's well, the mentality. It's just like, it also depends on size. So I think that's where we're we're conflating things here because, you know, we're, we've used being stuck on an airplane, which, yeah, sucks, but you really can't move around on an airplane. You're, you're stuck sitting. You know, sure, you can stretch your legs and all of that, but you're sitting. Um, like, if right, you right. Were to- and, and I, and I, I could have gone up and opened the emergency flip and, you know, but nobody did. You know what I mean? It's oh. possible. But... Could you imagine being crammed in a essential car and having to spend six months in a car going to Mars with three other people? Wow, it's like that's a long road trip. Well, yeah, people, just, you, you get people who live in their cars. Any, there's so many homes in your car. But this go. is living in your car without ever being able to open the doors. That is what it would be like to fly in current space technology to Mars. Well, you said like at a certain point, like like thousands of people. Like so, I think when it gets to the it, to me, I'm almost picturing like a cruise ship in space. If you make it like that, if you let people, if you feed them all day and let them wander around in the water slide, they'll be happy as pig and shit. Well, yeah, but it's that's not going to be the case. The thing is, is they're going to have to have jobs to keep them busy while they're flying. So they're going to be doing science. Really? I would think so. See, and that's the thing is uh, we could talk about this, but it, it's just. On something like that, where everything is 
produced, you know, in-house. Sure, you're going to have farmers. Sure, you're going to have, you know, uh, it's post mostly going to be just food production. Like, if you were on a generational ship heading to space, really you only have the, the food production and the maintenance. What is everyone else going to do? TikTok you know, they're, they're, they're not, yeah, it's the... <laughs> They're not. The wait, 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 wait. Would there, could there be Wi-Fi on spaceships? Because well, if course. not, then people aren't. Okay, so that's a, it's not going to be like, hey, we're this, we're not picking up any Wi-Fi because that well, would be a deal breaker for everybody. You're not going to get Earth signals. Like more than likely, they will have upload Wikipedia to the the main computer of the the generational ship. But oh, you have to get like space Wi-Fi and deal with. You have to oh. Be by Mars between 3 and 4 p.m. But you know, that, like, that's just it. Like, people that are going to be on a generational ship are not mm -hmm. going to have traditional... Uh, oh, that's what I... Sorry, I just remembered something. Are not going to have traditional um, jobs. You know, you're going to have a handful of people that are going to probably rotate. And it would probably be something like rotating through jobs. So one week you're doing... You know, on food or one month you're on food production. The next month you're on maintenance. The next month after that, it's vacation. You know, it, it you would be it would be a different style of living because if and when you got to your point, you want everyone to be capable of doing everything in case something happens. You know, everybody's have... got to be productive on Team Space. You got to pull yeah, your pull you your. You don't want to have ten people that uh, are the only ten people that know how to plant food, and then. They all get run over by a boulder, and now no one knows how to plant food, and you all die. <laughs> run over by a boulder? What are they, Indiana Jones? They're gonna... <laughs> I was going to say dinosaur, but that doesn't really fit. Space dinosaur. Huh? They might be onto something there. That'd be a cool 3D movie. Space dinosaur coming at you. That's, that's the next Jurassic Park movie. Jurassic Park 5, Dinos in Space. Anybody writing this down? No? Good. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a long look, right? We're, we're a ways away from this type of exploration as far as spaceships are concerned. And the hope is that technology will progress far enough to where we'll be able to move much faster in space, which would then shorten the trip and make things a lot easier. But until then, we can only theorize that it's gonna suck taking that trip. <laughs> yes, that's that's what scientists say. That's I've seen it, and it's gonna suck. So, speaking of which, because we we brought it up, and I had to look it up. Um, when we were talking about you know global uh, impact or you know global climate change and all of that. Why hasn't more thought process been put into like hydroponic food? In general, like we're, we're, we're pushing pretty hard for um, meat alternatives, but why aren't we looking at like just plant production? Well, because I've heard it, it supposedly you, it takes up, you need a lot less space. And yeah. I believe you don't need as much water because there's no, this, the soil isn't sucking up the water. So to get a crop, you're using less water, no soil, less space. So these, seems, these seem like all good things. Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember. So there's a Japanese farm that, uh, and this article was from like uh, 2016 or something like that, but it could produce like 20,000 heads of lettuce a day. And it was the size of a football field. And it was so, and it was indoors, almost like a warehouse, right? Yeah. So, like basically, all of the everybody, like we can't get people to do the work of going and picking crops outside. It seems like if they're indoors, air conditioning, you got a lot better chance of convincing people. Well, and what I was thinking of is, if they're indoors, what what's the number one thing people always bitch about right now? And that's pesticides. Everyone throws a fit about pesticides and pesticides this and that. If they're indoors, the chance of you getting a a bug outbreak are pretty microscopic so yeah less chance of the bugs better for the the people picking the plants and better for the consumers because they're not ingesting chemicals that are having to kill the, the, the bugs living yeah. outside and if you like 
the U.S. is obsessed with building skyscrapers, so why not build giant skyscrapers, you know, not giant skyscrapers, obviously, but having 10 or 20 different football-sized or football field-sized things producing a different crop. Because every crop can theoretically be done hydroponically. I was reading, and it, they've successfully grown hydroponic trees. I don't know how that works, but it makes sense because, and and this is why I'm I'm gonna out myself completely, because when I was driving home one day, I was thinking, how the fuck do do plants eat? They don't absorb the soil. It, it took me honestly about fifteen seconds before I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. The water brings the nutrients from the soil into the the roots. Okay, so they just need a way to get the nutrients from yeah, the soil. Yeah, I've grown. I I have two arrow gardens. I ha I've grown tomato trees on my kitchen or tomato trees. Jeez, tomato plants on my kitchen counter. Tomato trees. God, shut your mouth! How <laughs> dare you? Soil well, relativity. I, my point was gonna. <laughs> you're not wrong, John. <laughs> yes, you oh, are. Yes, you're completely wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I was going to say they're, they're working on that right now on the space station. They just got their second uh, batch of peppers that came out of that pepper plant that they were working on. Ooh, do they make more tacos? I would make nachos. Space nachos would be awesome. Uh, I By don't know. Way, if... Just speaking of not real quick, Moon River, you know the song Moon? I think, you know, they say the moon is made of cheese. So I think Moon River would be flowing with nacho cheese. <laughs> Anybody... Follow my logic. Well, I, sure. Yeah. All right. Does anybody want to sing Moon River and then we'll move on? No. Mo <laughs> oh, all right. Fine. I, I like the I. I like <laughs> you had me at Space Nachos, and then. Oh, you imagine off. floating around just scooping them out. That'd be. They'd never. You'd never stain another shirt because it, it <laughs> couldn't fall on it. It's beautiful. My thought is, and it's because I've been seeing it a lot, is that, you know, the best way to minimize, you know, climate impact is to actually eat local. Like, trying to import food from all over the, the world is way more detrimental to the world than just getting stuff that's locally grown. Um, just because, obviously, the, the carbon footprint is massively less. So, you know, in theory, if stuff like... Uh, uh, what's I'm I'm gonna blank on the word. The quinoa, quinoa, quinoa. Yes, you know, right now can only be grown in South America in certain areas. Could it theoretically be hydroponically grown everywhere? Because well, right, you put them inside in a warehouse, you control the climate, so you set it exactly what the plants need. That seems totally. I mean, that seems doable. That seems like. I, I, cause the quinoa market right now is devastating to the, the area that it's being produced in. Cause the, the people that used to live off of it can't anymore because it's so expensive for them to buy. I'm going to plead ignorance. I don't know what that thing you're talking about. What does it do? I have no idea. Is it's, it like the new kale? It, the new kale? No, it's, it's like, uh, it's like rice, but smaller and I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a fancy rice. It, it took over. Yeah, I, and I, I too, I don't know exactly what it like, is. Like all the, all the all the kids, all the kids. Yeah, it's are a lentil. Of... It's a but lentil. It, I think it's very good for like vegan diets, and that's why it's being pushed a lot. And that's why it's you know been decimating the area. Like, so if I went to like a Whole Foods or a Sprouts, I'd probably stumble upon it. Oh yeah. Okay. But a lot of people like, like it. I mean, it's. I've I've never even tried it, so I mean, but that 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 doesn't surprise me. You and vegetables don't seem to get along, right? Nope. That's that's why you're against hydroponics because it can't <laughs> grow ribs. If hydroponics could grow ribs, you'd be all about it in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, but ribs you... are delicious. Who wouldn't? I, I'm on I'm bored with you. Like, and, and that's yeah. just what I don't get. Like, I, it could be cost prohibitive or whatever, but. It would make so much sense to be able to grow that type of stuff hydroponically and locally instead of importing it all over the place. 
Like it, I don't know. Well, yeah, especially if, if you're go, if you're going to travel to planets that have some weird radiation, using their soil to grow your food doesn't seem like a good idea. Well, so to figure out a way around that seem and you know if you takes you sixty years to get there, you're going to need to grow your own food. So well, yeah, that seems like yeah. a necessity. And that's uh, I think most Martian or lunar or any sort of habitats have hydroponics. My question is why aren't they being used now? Like. It, it that that's what gets me is like we have this resource it's it's readily available i can grow rosemary on my countertop why why are we still trying to plant it in the ground for what benefit it grows way faster on my countertop too hmm. like i had that's... i i had tomatoes within like 2 months i think wow and yeah you didn't you didn't lose any of them to a weird freeze like a cold snapped in because no, I started them in like February because I got the, it was either, it was late January or February, early February, because I got the, the things for Christmas one year. I don't, I don't think anybody has a good answer for your question as to why they're not doing it. Yeah, that's, that's what I don't get. Yeah, I, I keep hearing, I keep hearing companies are building more warehouses and like they're saying more warehouses are being built. And workers because it's just so it's, it seems like you could make a warehouse of hydroponic food you know what i mean like i mean it seems like it's you're setting it indoors you're controlling the climate and you like you said they grow much faster so you could produce much more it seems like business would get all over this and go i can create more product without worry of season and having a easier time getting workers this seems like i can't believe the business people aren't all over this I'm assuming it's either cost prohibitive or they don't want to spend the money to start. And and I could see things like corn and wheat being a pain in the ass to to do in hydroponics, but like seems, make, yeah, it seems like some some you'd have to pick the right ones, but it seems like there's certain ones that would be a better fit. And then like almost like they have to be the first one to show it can be done. And then other guys will follow suit. Other companies well, will go, okay, I've, it's, it's been proven. It can be profitable. The doors are open. Let's go. Like 20,000 heads of lettuce a day is ridiculously a lot of lettuce. I'm assuming it costs a good amount too, but it, it's still crazy. All right. Well, well guys, crazy. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's jump over to Kirk's corner. Let's let him go crazy on some jokes. By the way, still no flies. Anyway, just yeah, I know. Your, your day planner. I'm concerned it, because your day plan it was all the way till the next year, so yeah. I, you're not going to do it until then. Kirk's been busy. All right, you've been making saving people's lives oh, or whatever you so, do in the medicine thing. Not to interrupt Kirk's corner, but what happens is work tires me out, and then I end up sleeping in when i would usually do stuff and it just it throws everything off like ever since november i've been thrown off just because it's been so busy when i was talking to chris like you need two days off in a row like if you work and they give you one day off and then they make you like it's you're recovering you need two days off to re first day recovers and relax and the second day you can actually be productive and get stuff done but if you're only getting one day off it's just not enough time yeah, I am current. I'm currently at one day off a week right now. That's why we talked about it. It's no bueno. It's no bueno. Yeah. Okay. Well, not to depress you guys, but have okay. So let's zilly it up, and we're in Kirk's corner. Damn it, no more. Okay. So here, here's the premise. So we're on show forty. Done it for show forty. So here, my here's my predictions when we're at show eighty. When we're <laughs> at episode eighty of Fuse Relativity, this. These are going to be the sort of the uh, headlines. Do you, you guys, you on board? You understand? Yes, totally. sir. Okay. And, and I did the math. Roughly, this will be like September 14th of 2022. So oh. picture that's, that's where we'll be. And here's the first prediction on September 14th, 2022. People on Twitter will be outraged about fill in some stupid nonsense. That is going to happen. Mark it down. Okay. Um. Another thing, um, John will officially be uh, labeled translucent, um, and he will <laughs> attempt the first translucent people parade, pride parade, but it'll fail because he realizes he'll have to go outside. So that, <laughs> that, yeah, it, was, it was a good attempt, though. Um, 
and what about Chris? You ask. Society is going to chip in and get Chris another vasectomy just to be safe. Um, on the out, you know, ouch. You never ouch. know. And also, um, on this day in September, Chris will not stink, which will baffle scientists. Um, and then the next day, he will restart his Cal Ripken streak. <laughs> Cal Ripken streak of stink, which I love that phrase. That's come on. That's an insult about you. And it's a baseball joke, so that that hits close. That that cuts to the bone, does it not? Yeah, a little. Okay. Um, another prediction um, uh, in you know on show eighty, Shoop will bark at raccoons and loudly drink water. That will <laughs> probably that's for the the people the the fans know what I'm talking about. Um, all right, a couple more here. We go. Uh, cable news will be constantly babbling about the midterm elections. And whether Bigfoot needs to get vaccinated. That's where the news is going to be in September. Um, another one. Uh, the, the Denver Bronco fans will expect to win the Super Bowl. And when it doesn't happen, everyone and everything should be fired. Uh, All right. That is that is for Denver people. They're babies. Um, oh, hey. hey. Uh, John, we got a space one for you. Bill Gates. You know what Bill Gates is going to do around show 80? What is he going to do? Bill Gates is going to announce his own space program called Space O. And then Bill Gates and Musk will play a game of space tic-tac-toe, uh, causing the largest cats game of all time, bringing tears to all people allergic to cats. <laughs> Come on. That was a, that was a <laughs> long trek. Come that on. Where, where, where did we start and where did we end? Come on. I'm just... It was a thinker, Kirk. All right, all right. Two, two more, two more, and then we'll we'll go. But uh, how about what's the next one? Um, oh, I will be planning on uh, I will be planning on quitting my current job at SpaceX mainly <laughs> to annoy John. He's like, oh, why would you? You could go to. Nah, I'm tired of it. Bennett, I gotta go. Um, and I I believe this is the last one. Yes, okay, the last one is okay. So hang with me here. On this day in September, fourteenth. Jeff Bezos will have his 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 throat cut by a rabbi and the rabbi will be found not guilty because the rabbi thought Bezos was his 2 p.m. circumcision. <laughs> Come on. That is a long dick joke. Come on. <laughs> he was like he was, a rabbi. Is, he saw a dick instinct. He's going to circumcise it. He didn't know. Go ahead, rabbi. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where that one was going. Well, it was good. Where but... it went. I appreciated that one, Kirk. That was a good one. So basically, on episode 80, we'll have to replay these and we'll see that all of them have come true. <laughs> I've already so set we'll a reminder. Have... Can you, yeah, can you put it on your calendar to fact check all of these predictions? <laughs> because I think they're all gold. Yes. And I, my <laughs> prediction. For episode number eighty, is that Kirk is going to make fun of both me and John? It's fair. Well, I, that's what the fans expect. That's why they come here. I mean, they a little space knowledge, a little three D printing thing, and to to make fun of you two knuckleheads. That's <laughs> that's our commitment to you fans out there. That's what we signed up for. Yep. So it, just stay tuned. And you know what? On by next week, just to, the fans, and then we'll leave Kirk's corner. I'm about to hit 5,000 tweets, so that's 5,000 jokes. So if you guys enjoy the jokes, go to at BuckoutKirk and see, see, you can see some of the silliness. Uh, but yeah, 5,000 by the next show. That's, that's, that's a lot of jokes. It is. Everybody, check out at BuckoutKirk on Twitter. It's, a, it's at least a good, you know... If you're sitting on the toilet and you need something to do, it's worth it. It's some silly wordplay. It's the laxative of comp. You know what? You'll <laughs> you'll laugh till you'll poop. That's my promise to you guys. That's if if you don't sue me. <laughs> All right. So let's let's head out of Kirk's corner. Let's let's get out of there. Hello. That's um. That was my impression of the door. The door doesn't go. It goes. Hello. <laughs> Okay, so yeah. now what? Now what are we chatting about? 
Well, I figured, uh, honestly, I figured we could make this a little bit, a uh, little shorter show, just because I'm exhausted. Honestly. Yeah. Well, I, I've got one off topic. I have one, too. So we're going to go off topic. All right. Um, yeah, mine actually plays in with what we were talking about earlier. There's a company called Jetson, and it uh, unveiled its single-seat EV or EVTOL vehicle, which is a basically very large drone to fly people around. Just like a Jetson's. Yeah. It yeah. gets uh, 20 minutes of flight time, can go 60-ish miles an hour. Obviously not legal to fly anywhere in a populated area, so, you know. Does it make the Jetsons noise? One would hope. <laughs> I, I'm assuming okay. it's very loud, as most drone or things like that are, but they, they've they already uh, sold out their 2022 production. Does I think it have a, C a CD player? I doubt it. Nothing has CD players anymore. Kirk. I was gonna say, Damn I think, it's... I think to maintain CD player <laughs> to maintain the uh, the. Uh, let me see. I hope this is. I'm not even gonna try um, to maintain the ultralight. It, it's it's basically a frame with four motors or arms and motors, and then eight uh, blades. It seems sketchy because any drone I've ever tried to fly has immediately crashed. So I feel like that could be bad news for everyone. Here, well, uh, and that that could be your drinking too. I mean, that's no, okay. I, I'm just going to show some pictures of it because I, oh, I nice. checked. We got, we got a slideshow. Yeah, it, it's it's a little little drone. Huh. I feel like the only thing I can see with that right off the bat is don't point. Hey, look at that. Oh. Oh, I chopped my finger off. Ow. I don't know where. Oh, there it is. Uh, I'm hey, we're up. all stacked on top of each other. We're like a totem pole. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I can't show the uh, the side one there because it's not set up correctly. Guys, get off my shoulders. You're heavy. I'm going to tip over. Ooh, could you make it Ooh. tip over? There we go. <laughs> All right. There, that's so, better. So yeah. it's a, it's a, just a giant drone that you can yeah. sit in. Yep. <laughs> Take you from point A to point B. Now, if they, this, I don't know, we've talked about these before, but if they got the battery capacity and if they got the regulation and the, the autonomy, you know, the safety features, this could absolutely replace cars. Finally, finally humans chance to give payback to all the birds. <laughs> oh, you shit on me! I shit on you. Take that. Yeah. Uh, and would they be would they be flying themselves, or they, it's not like you know because drones, you know, it's remote control. Other people are flying it; it's just coordinates. But people would actually be inside flying themselves. I assume. I assume that's what this can do because I doubt they've they're putting the money into making it self flying. Just do to but what but if if they're working on self driving cars, won't they just be working on it seems like that would be the safer way to go if you could just program coordinates, then there's a lot less chance for pilot error if the pilot but isn't flying, right? This is more proof of concept slash working prototype. So I'm I'm guessing and that's the thing is we're nowhere close to regulations that would uh, allow this. So this isn't like in the hobbyist field or something. Yeah, you know, like this the guys is the flight RC planes. This is sort of but a step up. Yeah, this is an ultralight that you know you can go and buy an ultralight right now for under ten thousand and potentially fly around, you know, out east where there's no population. That well, you could, but your wife would yell at you. I bet <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you didn't ask, that's going to be a conversation. Like there's there's a whole group of people that like paragliding. If you know what that is, it's yes. Yep. You get a parachute and a, a, you know, and a gasoline engine with a blade on, or you know, a propeller on it. I kept calling it a blade; it's a propeller, and then you just fly. That's completely legal. You don't need a license for it. You don't need anything for it other than you know, probably some training on how to fly and land. This this falls into the same regulation. You could buy it tomorrow, take it out to wherever, and fly it around. 
in theory. Hmm. Interesting. All right, Chris, what's yours? Well, uh, I just wanted to, uh, I figured Kirk would get a kick out of this. One of the stories I came across was that you you guys are familiar with Chipotle, correct? Yes. The fast food diarrhea corporation? <laughs> well, <laughs> they uh, for Christmas this year, they, they, they marketed a soap, a bar of soap. Can you guess what it smells like? Regret. Huh. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm a burrito bowl. <laughs> it, it, it smells like cilantro. <sighs> wow. You know they've what? Al- I, they've I, already I, sold out. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't, not to, I don't, you know, if you're going to Chipotle on a, that regular of a basis, basis, I don't think you're a bather. Am I, is that mean? <laughs> yes. You don't care about your health. Obviously, you don't care about the scent you're putting off if you're going to Chipotle. I got a kick out of it because, you know, they said it was a, it was supposed to be funny because 4 to 14% of the general population thinks that cilantro tastes like soap. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Is that the connection, really? Yeah. So they decided to make a soap that smells like cilantro. Let yeah, me no. explain. Uh, just and and soap is something that humans wash to smell better, Chris. So I just he's not. I don't want you to be <laughs> lost. <laughs> I, so, there's one more. I apologize. I damn it. Hey, I was honestly surprised <laughs> it showed up in my algorithm, Kirk. So oh, soap at all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like your algorithms are like this might confuse him, but we're gonna take a risk on this. You know what? We're gonna roll the dice as the algorithm. We're gonna see what happens. <laughs> well, that was mine's. What do you got, Kirk? Oh, mine is okay. And just um, John, can you just uh, on your computer? Can you pull up like 112 decibels? Can you find other things that are about 112 decibels? Because ah. my story revolves around that. Uh, in the meantime, so basically, Neville Sharp of Australia, he broke a decades-old record for the loudest burp and it was at a hundred and twelve point four decibels um a couple of points of interest first of all his wife encouraged him to go for the record could you guys imagine that what an awesome wife honey i i'm gonna work hard and pay the bills you work on belching loud and he spent five years preparing um and on he said the hardest part was getting the right equipment to measure the volume, not the actual belching. He was fine with that. And his his main motivation was because the guy that held the record was an Englishman. And just an Aus- Australian, an Australian guy, he had to get some national pride back. So everybody, the loudest belcher on earth is an Australian. So well done, Australia. So just to, just to help you out, Kirk, a chainsaw runs at about 105 decibels. Oh, so the burp was louder than a chainsaw. So, like, you would want to have earplugs when this guy belches. Yeah, a live rock band is about 130 decibels. I just saw a live rock band. So, okay, so in between, it's, wow. And it, it was online. You can find it. And when I listened to it, it didn't sound that loud because my first well, thought was, like, I could do that. The problem you're going to run into is that uh, computers are going to naturally suppress the sounds to get. Um, you don't want to blow out speakers and stuff like that, so they're going to try and uh, limit it to. So in in person, you, it would sound much better. Basically, oh, yeah. the, the the live show you got to see him live. This Belcher guy, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> yeah. So. Basically, like a normal conversation is around 60 decibels. So it's just under a normal, like double a normal conversation. Okay. People are shouting at a bar. But just if it's a loud belcher. And the worst part was he actually, after he belched, he he actually blew it at a guy. Which is, that's just a dick move. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like he ate onions. You don't need to do that. Come on, the burp blowers. Can we... You guys want to start a uh, support group? Because that was always a fun thing to do. Uh, I don't, you know. You're I not think burp, at that point, really? 
Go ahead. Oh no, I'm a, I'm against it. I just don't have you know. I, that's not a fight I'm willing to tackle at this moment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't started doing that to your infant. You haven't. <laughs> just to show no. how life is. Okay. <laughs> Well, good. You're a good parent then. You passed the test. It was all elaborate <laughs> ruse just to make sure you're not abusing your child with belches and then blowing it at them. Because, you know, okay. Nope. <laughs> all right. Well, hey. Yeah. Epi- episode 40. Take take that, everybody who said, we don't know who you are. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> On the bright side, uh, you know, just because, what are we at? 326,000 views on TikTok for that video. So Space Engineers tomorrow, most yes. likely. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Okay. With maybe a third player. Oh, maybe a third whale. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be bartending, so I'll be popping in whenever. Always uh, appreciate you popping on in, breaking things up a little bit. Right, I've I've insight that no other because pe- I don't know what, the- so I can while you guys are doing stuff, I irritate you and distract you, and then you <laughs> fail and get exploded. That seems to be the pattern. Hey, go with what works, right, Kirk? Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So yes, tomorrow we will be on Space Engineers about the same time as usual, around nine o'clock, somewhere in there, and. uh Thank you, everybody, for listening this week, episode 40. I look oh, forward. Well, oh, just go ahead. Search just real quick and uh, Google Tommy Castro. Enjoy some good, soulful blue mu- blues music. Uh, highly entertaining. Just that. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> Got it. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, for me, John, and Kirk, thank you, everybody, for listening this week. And we hope to see you all next week. Go boldly, friends. <laughs>